You're listening to The Soul Communication, your gateway to the mystical realms of spirit and connection. I'm your host, Diana Mara Divine. Welcome, everyone. I'm excited in this episode to dive deeper into how we connect to our soul's origin. I have my beautiful sister, Marianne Mael Grace, here. We've created many beautiful projects together and about to actually launch a master course in Source Language Institute. Marian is a light language engineer and librarian. She's a time traveler, a medium. She's amazing biofield tuning expert in general. When it comes to knowing how to travel the astrals, understanding the galactic frequencies, I always turn to her. So Marian, welcome. I'm excited to have this conversation today and dive into different topics. We have so much to cover. If someone wants to connect to their starseed origin, how one can do. So maybe we'll start with kind of your story, how all this information came to you. I know you're an amazing artist. You coding source language, light language into your art pieces, and they're so powerful. Is this something that you were born with? How did this start for you? I think that this was something that I came into this life with for sure. It was just very deep. I believe it was probably there when I was a child, but then as with growing up, as you become a bigger kid and a teenager, all those things go by the wayside. There were little bits and pieces here and there throughout my twenties and throughout my thirties that kind of came in at the time. I didn't really know exactly what it was that was happening to me. I began speaking in my different languages in my sleep when I was in my twenties. I only knew that because of a roommate of mine had told me that I was speaking something that sounded like French. I had always drawn the symbols that you'll see in a lot of my artwork throughout my artwork in high school. Even when I was younger than that, when I was taking art classes as a kid, I think that it weaved itself all throughout this particular incarnation. But it wasn't until I had a loud smack to my head and to my body in 2006 where things got a little bit more complicated and things really started progressing really fast and opening up really fast. And I wasn't really 100% prepared for everything that was happening. That's the way for a lot of people where like an event happens to you and then all of a sudden you just wake up. Is, is, do you feel that was experience for you as well? Yeah. It was, it cracked me wide open for sure. There were many other times where I wasn't getting it and the spiritual two by four kind of came over my head a few times, <laughs> but it wasn't until I actually had an ex with missing time and the Orion uh, constellation and teen where I started witnessing something happening in the sky and I got really transfixed on it. Several hours later at, when we left, I thought we'd only been there for half an hour. It turned out we had been there for nearly four hours. It just almost snowballed from there. I was watching somebody's live video on Facebook and she began speaking in this language. It sounded very familiar to me. And the next thing I know, every cell in my body was being electrified. And I literally backed up into a wall and hit the wall and just was completely uh, gobsmacked. I sent the video to my mom and was like, do you recognize this? She felt, definitely felt some things happening from it, but it really spurred this whole thing inside of me, like a remembrance. It was that fire feeling like an entire heat came through my body and 
I felt blasted almost wide open at that point, but I still didn't know, like I wasn't speaking it, but I was like, oh my gosh, my hands do the movements, the sounds, the toning, all those things. That's where my journey with all of this began. It was a very uncomfortable experience at first because I didn't have anybody to really share it with except for a mentor and he didn't understand what was happening to me. So I had to navigate it all by myself. Most of everything I learned was all through my own experience, following the crumbs that were being left to me. I had the intuition to continue to follow that. That's how it started blossoming and coming back into a remembrance and reconnecting with a part of myself that I felt very disconnected from, but I felt had been waiting for me to greet it again. I, and I know some of your story and I remember you also mentioned like a walk in. So it seems like there's these aspects of ourselves that like you said, ready to upgrade and, and maybe choose this like higher timeline frequency. When we talk about re-remembering and connecting to our soul's origin, I feel like soul is a software. All information is there. It's just that we are born into this multidimensional amnesia here in this earth school reality. And we just need to re-remember, reconnect to it. Was that your experience? I would love to hear more about the Lyran connection, the Syrian connection, as you start connecting to these aspects, what kind of memories started coming in and how that weaved into the art. In 2006, my wake-up call, my walk-in experience where... A part of me left and another part of me stepped in. A lot of people don't really understand that. There's a huge misconception around walk-ins, but basically one part of me carried the journey. Another part of me needed to come in and, okay, we, I need some assistance. That was very confusing, especially in 2006. Nobody was talking about that at the time. But I believed it was a part of me that knew that all this was going to happen. A part of me that was like, okay, it's time. We need to reconnect. We have some things that we have to do here. I really ran from that mission, but as the information started coming in, as I started connecting into myself and realizing I don't have really very many memories from this point down, but I have <laughs> memories coming in. So it was like, hold on, That's, I'm having things yeah, happen. Where these memories went? <laughs> what do you yeah. think? What happens to the memories? Are they like stored in consciousness, like filed away into another timeline perhaps? Because I hit my head so hard, actually, mm. there is an actual thing why we lose our memory with head injury is because your memories literally fall out of your head. I feel like some of that happens to make room for some things, but I feel that a part of me zip filed a bunch of stuff and stuck it in the back part, took some other zip files, brought them forward and opened up. And having files that disseminated through your being. <laughs> All of a sudden you're like, this frequency, this frequency, trying to decipher what they are is a lot. I feel many can yeah. probably connect as so much opens up these days with the veil thinning and people getting activated. It feels overwhelming sometimes, mound of information coming in. Yeah, that veil of forgetness is for real. I think that some of that too protected me in a way because with some of the information that I had and some of the stuff that's come to me, even now, I do have to pull back sometimes. I do carry a lot of stuff from what would be, even though 
it would be considered the future, even though it's all happening at the same time. Some of it actually technically would be considered the past, even though to us, it would feel like the future. You think about like how light travels when the, when you see a star in our sky, you're actually not seeing the current, you're seeing the past. I felt like a, a lot of the information needed to not be opened up at certain times and only various packets of multidimensional information needed to be opened up at this time and this time. But what I had to learn was when to share, when not to share, because I want to share with everyone and I'm so open. <laughs> <laughs> I forget that not everybody's on that page. I really had to learn now's not the time, but you carry the frequency. There are certain things that you can say and do with someone or art that you can make that will help activate these people when the mm. time is right. Mm. Discernment on your part, on the readiness of the collective. That's an interesting one. Usually we think of discernment as discerning is this information true or not, but it's also how we release information because some of us are pioneers in this field, so to speak, of that uncharted territory. When are people ready? When are we really invited? Or are we still needing to share and whatever they take and whatever doesn't resonate yet because they're not ready, right? That's the whole thing about being a projector in the human design. That's right. <laughs> I literally had to learn how to wait for the invitation. I found a way to deliver the information without it being overwhelming. It's almost like I came here and got the sample plate. I like that, the sample plate. Like a little bit of this, a little bit of that. It was literally like someone was like, okay, we're going to give you 50 things to sample so you can remember from these other points of access. When I started sampling it, I actually was like, I would start to have memories that were almost like telepathic. It was almost like a, a blueprint, like tapping into a blueprint. And it wasn't always necessarily my blueprint. I felt like I was accessing files of information that some of it was mine and some of it was being able to be because I'm relatable and tapping into what I would call like the monad consciousness or a higher fractal consciousness where my soul pod being able to connect back into the information. I felt like there was some of that going on too, to where well, just in case you forgot what that was like, we're just going to give you a little bit of a sample. And sometimes it was like, okay, this is enough. I don't need to keep experiencing these things so physically, but it's how I am. I want to, I'm hands-on. I'm a visual learner. Fairly, I wanted to give my hands an experience. When I started expressing light language, it came through with such a force at times. It was like reconnecting into those parts of myself, reconnecting into aspects of myself. I had to use the light language to recalibrate my body to help me sustain the amount of information that I was holding. As a coder, what would you say, Marion, for those who don't understand light language or what we also call source language, what does it represent? What does it look like for someone who maybe listened to some of our transmissions and connecting? For someone who is not familiar at all, what does it look like for someone to just even connect to it? Just by even listening to light language or even expressing sounds through your mouth, frequency and vibration, even moving your hands, even sign language type movements, things like that. These are all things that can really help. You can experience it very physical. You can experience it very non-physical, actually. Some people don't feel or hear anything, but they have a knowing, like kind of an inner knowing. For someone from the, the outside, it might at first just look like, what is all this? But there is a familiarity. You're going to see these things, hear these things, and feel these things. And your body 
it's connected to that soul aspect. That soul aspect is, oh, now's the time. Let's drop in the information. Some people think when it drops in, like, oh, it looks this way or it sounds this way. Or it, my experience wasn't like yours. Your experience may not be like mine at all whatsoever. I think that people just need to practice that non-attachment of like, the outcome of how it should look, what it should sound like, any of those things. As you're looking or hearing these things, take notice, get to know thyself inside the body, get to know your body very well. And you'll begin to experience and feel like, oh, this is what it feels like to me when I see this. It's like tapping in and really giving yourself patience and time because you want to authentically connect to your soul's origin. And you want to authentically connect to the aspects of yourself. Your journey is not going to look like mine. It's not going to look like Deanna's. It's not going to look yeah. like a lot of people's recognizing that everybody's experience is going to be different, but you don't need somebody else's to validate yours. That's the beauty of each soul having its own unique signature mm -hmm. that it does carry various frequencies depending on where the soul has been, which star system it's traveled, languages that open up, some of them birth languages because the soul has spent some incarnations on that system. That language is the most familiar and connected to this software in this fragment of consciousness. So with that, I think it's a good segue. Maybe, Maria, we can talk a little more about your soul aspects. I would love to hear more about the Lyrans and the Syrians. I know you also have the Orion connection. Let's start with the Galactics and then maybe go into the elemental energies of Dragons of Fate. From my understanding and what I've experienced in the dream space and when I've had visions and journeying through my own breathwork and meditation is that I left clues of my journey here and there with various different souls on this planet that are currently walking around and incarnated, some are not, and various different locations on this like planet. And when I'm in the dream space, there are various different locations that I'm going to, and I'm picking up packets of information that I've left behind for myself. When you start coming into this, that veil of forgetness, yeah, we forget, but then we begin to find our way back. And so throughout time and space, you've left yourself this information. I, I began picking up these different things. Like I came across that video and it would trigger that thing. It started to come in like, little bits and pieces of me picking up these packets almost so like a new job and getting the starter packet. Here you go, read through all the stuff. Sometimes I would get it and I wouldn't quite understand it. I'd want someone else to tell me. This magician school that says, this is your orientation. <laughs> this is how you're supposed to do it. But of course we've done it the hard way without any manuals. <laughs> what I found is that if I knew all along, anytime I had an inkling or a thought or a feeling about it, I was usually always right. How did you know you were a Lyran? What was the resonance there? The cats, <laughs> the, the lions? It was the cat energy. Lyrans are not just feline. I was having these intense dreams of these giant cat-like creatures that mm. had multiple sets of ears. I had giant cougars walking through. I dream about a lot of animals in general, but big giant cougars coming into my dreams. I actually even had a dream it was more than a dream, but I was walking down a sidewalk. I remember looking in the window and seeing my reflection and I was a man and I was very shocked because I was like, what? I'm a man. And then I turned into this giant cat-like creature and it was this lion type head. And then I, I'm like, oh my gosh, I think I might be a feline being right now. And then I started dreaming about these feline kind of 
bird-like creatures. They were like these griffin and I helped create them. Um, someone said to me one time, you sound a lot like this one person I've heard before. And she has a really strong connection into the Lyran energy. And I went, oh, send me the information. And I had already been about a year into this journey. And I definitely had this kind of roll thing, this kind of, you know, <laughs> <laughs> it was almost like somebody said I sounded like a Russian mother. Funny you say that because I'm Russian and, and I was joking and I'm a Lyran Lyran. When that opened up for me, I was like, thank God my mom back in the days took me to learn how to roll my R's <laughs> when I was a little kid. I couldn't roll them. So she took me to a special, I, I found it really funny that I had to learn my birth language in this incarnation that has a lot of rolling R's. That was definitely my clue was this was my sound was my accent. I had this accent. And so when I connected into Jamie Price, who was mm -hmm. the whole Ariane and the Lyran Time Council, I got this recognition within my body was like, yes, this is it. Mm -hmm. It's once you have something that comes through and validates your experience. And the same thing mm -hmm. goes for like when you're doing readings, that you're a medium and you're connecting with the other mm -hmm. side. The more someone validates what you're bringing through, like you're finding out, okay, I'm seeing this, that, and the other, does this sound familiar? People start opening up their validation, opens up the door a little bit more. It was like that began to va validate a lot of kind of my dreams, what I was experiencing. My dreams are very vivid and tell me a lot of information because I'm very connected into many levels, many dimensions, many places. And so I'm pulling information at all times from four to five different places. And so once I got into the Lyran thing, it was like, I heard somebody say Lyserian and I recognized that. What is that? That's Syrian and, and Lyran. Then I started having these dreams of where I was telepathically communicating with these beings that were humanoid looking, they were more blue and they were not Octarian, which a lot of people as associate blue with Octarian. This is blue, but it was different. I got this real almost shamanistic, galactic shaman tribal feel. When that one movie came out, the Avatar movie, I recognized that. We think the Avatar movie is Lyserian. For me, they feel more like vegans. Within the Lyre constellation, the main star is Vega. It is believed there were several races and in and, and that system, there were the Lyrans, but also the Vegans. And the Vegans are the ones that may believe in Hindu traditions have the blue skins. And so Avatar has them in blue, but feeling looking. So it's more like vegan or maybe like Syrian. I asked myself about the Syrian connection. It's interesting because Sirius actually, Sirius B and another part have all come up in my charts. And in fact, I have very little earth actually in my chart. I haven't spent very much time on this particular planet. I would give or take like a couple thousand lives. Everybody's, oh, I've only had one or two lives. Chances are that's not. I've had at least a thousand, if not more. But think about how old our souls are. They're pretty infinite at this point. There's many parallel realities we're not even aware of. Oh, yeah. And I felt that I was like, okay, that's Syrian. I feel that I recognize that. I also see where a lot of these places, a lot of these galactic connections they all some of them will look very similar to one another and they'll just be off by just by a little bit but there was a lot of interplanetary people were traveling and going back and forth and beings were hooking up with this star system and that star system so a lot of it got all intermixed but i really felt that connection 
especially with the shamanism part of the galactic shamans. I know I've been, I, I saw myself, the beings that were coming and helping me at night, especially in 2014, 2015, they were coming through and helping me out of my body and helping me travel. I was very aware of them and they were super kind and loving. And I was seeing them in these medical facilities. I was seeing them in these ships and, and they really connected with me. I integrated with a part of myself because I felt her come through. It's a female, but she's very masculine, carries a lot of masculine energy, but she's not really a hundred percent. It's, I was this blend. I had a very matter of fact, this medicine that we use, I even had dreams where I was holding the staff and on this planet, all these things started coming into, I'm getting goosebumps just even talking about it. I worked with the Lyran aspect of myself and the, and the Syrian aspect of myself. Once I had tapped into that, then the next thing came along and it was like the next kind of group of beings. You're going to use a little bit of this life here and a little bit of this life here. And you're going to pull in all these things. By the time you're done, you're going to be able to have 15 different things within your toolbox. That's how I've looked at connecting into the different languages and finding my soul's origin because we are from everywhere. We do connect into specific places in order to take those abilities and bring them here so we can anchor them here and use them as tools to help us and our fellows to be able to navigate this interesting game and journey because that's what it is and, and navigate this reality. My soul is from source creation, but where that soul has gone since then has been all over the place. What would you like to try? It's choose your own adventure. For those who are tuning in, the question that might come up is why do I even need to remember? What's the purpose of me remembering it all? I think the purpose for remembering some of these things is that it really helped me to realize I've been through a lot and, and risen above adversity in other places besides this planet. I actually experienced harder times in other sectors of this universe, <laughs> not just here. I think it's important to say we're on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> Does it feel like that, Mary? <laughs> it feels a lot more like a vacation. Um, I think it's important for my soul's evolution, my soul's journey to be able to connect to people here because knowing that I've had these experiences in other places makes you feel like it's enjoying that kind of that mystical side of it too. Oh, I'm not just like a one dimensional human being. I'm more than two. I'm more than three. Now, some people can take that a little over the top, but let the ego get in there. I just found it more fascinating than anything. And it really did help me to be able to pull from these experiences, like my time in the Orion system and learn from those mistakes that I made there, not being a nice soul. And for pretty much almost most of the times, most of the journeys I had in the Orion system, I was not love and light, but that's just the reality of it. Nobody is rainbows and butterfly kisses all the time, but we do have to compare and contrast and we do need to have both spectrums of, of the light and the dark. And, the, the, the and I think that's the purpose. I think that's how we learn to get perspective and experience in some ways i feel here on earth our responsibility is to integrate various aspects and shadows of ourselves that's really why we're here anyone who's not doing the integration and trying to not look under the rug and pull the dirt out is doing a disservice to themselves because they really need to process that as well for me it's been so important to connect and integrate these different aspects. Mm. 
I know everybody wants to run at it full gorge and they want to like a kid on the day after Halloween and eat all their freaking Halloween candy. But what happens when you eat all that candy, you're really sick and then you end up puking and then you only end up taking 10% in of what, of a hundred percent of what you've taken in. If you want these things to last longer and settle in, take it literally one step at a time and allow these things to integrate because there is a gift in all of that for you there. I think that's been really important. Plus my journey here into light language and into writing it has connected me into my child, my inner child, and has made me feel whole. And coming across other people that, have, that are on this journey, we all connect, we can be a community and we're all here trying to help each other. And it gives you a bigger sense of purpose other than just being here and existing and having, I got to work and eat and go to the bathroom. There's so much more. It can be that if you want it to be that. But why not make it imaginative? The imagination is just as real. We call it the imagination, but all it's creativity in its purest form. Mm -hmm. And light language is that creativity in pure form. You are expressing from the most pure form of yourself, which is that innocence, childlike innocence. And you're connecting into your soul's origin. And every time... You ask that question of yourself and you set the intention. My intention is to connect to the highest aspect of myself that I need to work with. Trust and have faith that part of you is stepping forward because that's what it needs you to do. It cannot infringe upon your free will. It needs your permission to come and join you on that trip. If you can take that moment to invite yourself into your human incarnation, you can begin to open that up within you. You'll be surprised at how it unfolds and it might unfold in speaking light language. It might unfold in dancing light language. It might unfold in singing, writing. There are so many different forms. It is all endless. We emulate all those forms here, art, music, photography, any which way that you think of that is a soul's expression. I think that's why it's important to connect and ask to connect with those parts of yourself and give those parts that are seeking you that permission. So you can feel like you have a lot more to do here than just what is currently in front of you. It becomes much more magical. Talking about magic, let's pivot to the magical realm of the dragons and the fae. I'd love to hear your experience with the dragon energy and with the fae. And maybe have you also do a beautiful light language for us of the elven world. Because Marion has beautiful transmissions when she says <laughs> I've been obsessed with dragons. In fact, I have a dragon statue right there. I have, I have a unicorn that I've had actually since I was a kid. I've been drawing dragons and the fae and druids and all kinds of mystical creatures and obsessed with them since I was a kid. And connecting with that dragon energy has been really amazing. I remember the first time I ever saw that never ending story. I knew that was my dragon. And even seeing the oracles and all that stuff, I was seeing something that had actually happened. Like, how could this be make believe? And of course the, the adults are telling you that's not real. It's a movie. I remember thinking it had to come from somewhere. And so in my own art, connecting to the dragons, to the mystical and even having dreams about them and flying on the backs of them and being even a phoenix, me being a phoenix myself, my phoenix art piece, that is me. I've had the dreams where I was flying and making I love your phoenix art piece. Those who know me, I also connected to the phoenix and that's like my cover 
art. I have it in leggings too. I travel the world in those leggings. Yeah. yeah that Phoenix art piece is super powerful. I feel you're really putting all those frequencies into that energy of what you're experiencing. So that's mm -hmm. why... They really come across that way. Anything that I create and speak on is because I've had some sort of experience with it. I try to really come from that authentic place. In doing those pieces, it was because I was having these real experiences. When I created that Phoenix piece, originally the first iteration of it was not only because of the dreams and turning into one and actually making these crazy high-pitched Phoenix call sounds, which I don't even know if that's a thing or not. Where I lived, like the houses I grew up in as a kid, Three of those houses burnt down in a very large fire. And I was actually creating that piece as my hometown was burning around me. It really was a Phoenix moment. I remember the night before I started laying in the writing, because I'd already done all the outlining. We had a magnificent electrical storm. And that's what started the fire, actually, was the, was, the, was the thunderstorm. I just remember the night sky being lit up purple and greens. And that's how that piece was birthed, was through actual fire. From there, it was like I connected into even more of the dragon. I feel a very strong connection to birds as well. So any kind of flying creature. And then my connection into even the elven energy, because I was fascinated with all the Hobbit stuff. You feel like you were... Primordial energy, the dragon and the phoenix, because I feel those interchangeable. And then the soul also uh, could have experienced the elven frequencies. Do you feel like you actually on the soul level been those incarnations or maybe we just collected them as frequencies that are helpful for us on our journey? The phoenix thing, because I transformed into one, I had a feeling I do a lot of morphing into other animals in the dream space. I've definitely shapeshifted. I've actually had the vision of being a like dragon, like dinosaur kind of thing. I've had dinosaurs come to me in the dream space, not the astral. It's a little bit different, but it is like an astral space. I'm actually traveling there. I feel like I was an el elven princess living in the forest, but outcasted and had visions and dreams of that. And I had people tell clairvoyance. The pointy yeah. ears. That yeah. The very lie, right? The pointy ears. The vision I've had of my galactic mother, blonde hair, the pointy ears, the wearing the white. I think one Halloween I actually dressed up as Galadriel, embodying those frequencies. I feel like the Lyran Elvin is so close. I started wearing these tiaras naturally, I was gravitating to them. And then later shown, there was actually also the tiaras having the stone here as a device. It's a connection device. I saw my dad as this humanoid type of lion being. And my mom was very much Galadriel looking. The Lord of the Rings, I know you is one of those movies that you loved. I do too, because of that, that familiarity that you mentioned. Yeah, the hobbits. I don't feel like I ever was a hobbit, but... I will say that I do attract a lot of fae energies, like lots of animals have, have been really heavily connected into the fae realm. I'm pretty sure that my bulldog has a gnome energy about him. My other dog definitely had dragon energy. I have attracted these gnomes and fairies and ogres and dragons and all these things into my life for sure. I can feel that connection into that magic realm. I do also feel very connected to Merlin. 
I remember the first time I ever saw a movie with the cartoon uh, Sword in the Stone. I really felt an affinity for a lot of these things. And they all came to me in my dreams as a kid. I had dreams about castles and mushrooms, living in mushrooms. I think that as children, we're just so tapped into that realm. I can feel when I got disconnected from that magic is when I hit puberty. That's actually when I fell into a really big depression. That's when we start to grieve that disconnection from the magic. My blood family, we have a lineage into Druidism. I do know that my earth family here has a connection into that type of stuff. Even all my Germanic uh, family, Holland and Switzerland and all those places are really heavy into a lot of that faith. I don't want to get away from the magic, but I can't, I couldn't even if I tried. It would be really beautiful to hear maybe some of that light language, that source language of the Fae or the Elvins. As we were talking, one of my spirit mother, she's the one that actually came to me and told me about one of my lives as an elven princess. I felt her pop in and she was like, oh, look what you're talking about. And I was, so as goosebumps, I was like, okay. I just want everyone to, that's listening in their now moment to really just um, drop into their heart space. As with all light language transmissions, they do come from myself, from source, from the heart, and they do no harm. Dear spirit animal <laughs> a lot of buck for some reason came in through there feel into that for yourself i don't want to try to color anyone's experience it's all about just tapping into what you feel and there really is no direct interpretation other than i did feel a lot of spirit animal a lot of connection into the fae i saw myself in the forest a lot of animals around it brought me to one of my past lives too, where I, I did spend a lot of time living in a forest and being an herbalist or <laughs> a witch or whatever you want to call it back then, maybe 15th, 16th century. I don't even know in the timeline, but feeling really comfortable living in a forest and loving the forest and nature. And I think that's what we're missing in our current lives, that connection with nature. It's more natural, the languages. We always conversed with the animals, with the fae, with the fairies. All of that was very present in our lives. It's not like it disappeared. It's still here. It's just we lost that connection. I think that all these realms exist all within the same space. It's just where are you at and what veil are you peering behind? Sometimes all it is to me, the way I see it, the way I feel it is like they're just in various different degrees. It's all here existing at the same time. I love it here where I'm living now because we have a lot of old growth forests here in Washington. There's actually a rainforest that I'll be going to this summer. I'm so excited to go to the rainforest. It's more towards the coast of Washington. There's a lot of rainforest here. We have one side of the Olympic yeah. Mountains and the other side. And there is so much of that beautiful energy here. Why I needed to come here at this part of my journey was because of all the Mount Rainier holds a huge amount of energy. There's a lot of nature here, tons of fey energy, tons of mystical stuff, just beautiful connections into nature. I really needed that on this part of my journey in order to be able to hold the amount of energy and information that has come through for me since all this kind of started. I've been here two years now and I just feel more at peace. I'm not going to say it's been easy, but I feel more at peace than I, I did when I was living back in California. I'm sure one of these days I'll go back there, but not right now. I want to be in the trees.
experiencing nature. So. In some parts of California, like Mount Shasta, it's like its own realm too. Actually, my light language fully integrated and went online at Stewart Springs, this magical springs there with the yin and yang energy. And that's yeah. where I fully activated. There are some really magical areas everywhere if you just open to the frequencies and the intentionality of what do you want to connect to, how ready you are, how grounded you are. I love how you mentioned about dropping back into being an innocent child, because that's ultimately what it is. It's like our ability to give ourselves a permission slip to be that child, to play. And we're often so serious. So playfulness is so important. Like you said, imagination, playfulness just allowing it. I absolutely agree. It doesn't matter what your playfulness looks like. You just got to get back to that playfulness and laugh so hard that your sides hurt and that your face hurts at least once a month. Northern California is so beautiful and has not lost its nature, but everything where I was at and below started to really lose mm -hmm. some of its nature. The Sequoia National Forest, all those places up there are really beautiful and really activating. Where I lived in Santa Cruz was very beautiful. It was really hard when half of it burned down. 80% of it burned. It was really intense. I needed to get into more quiet too because these high mountains and Rainier and all these bigger, technically active volcanoes, they hold a really beautiful peace and quiet people are probably so sick of hearing it, but it is one of the key components is getting silent. Even if you can't meditate, that's okay. You don't need to meditate. We just need to step outside of the frenetic energy that comes from all the devices, all the planes, all the traffic, all the people. Everybody's living within five feet of each other now in some of these places. And just to get out, especially with the light language, it's really important to have that energy and that prana and that connection into self and creativity and that love for oneself because that is going to clear you out in ways that I didn't even know you could clear out. Anyone who is stepping into this, allow yourself the time to really integrate into speaking it. I see some people do it and they start immediately wanting to do sessions and wanting to do this and do that. Savor it for yourself first. Allow yourself to heal on this whole other level, because if you can allow that to happen, what you're going to bring out into the world is going to have an even bigger, wider foundation. That's my one advice is give yourself that time. I waited a year before I started coming out and expressing it because it was such an intimate, important journey. I cried so much into that reconnection of self and rediscovering my galactic origins and my ancient earth origins and my alternate reality origins. When all this starts coming in, you want to be able to handle it. That's how you're able to stay grounded and handle it is by doing it in a very grounded way. You and I are speaking from experience. We're offering what we're offering is to help people navigate and come from a very grounded embodied space with it. And I think that's important. That is, you're, you're right. It's beautiful to also see that our journey maybe took longer. The energies were different and things are happening for people much faster these days because I think the frequencies are more supportive. Even a couple of years ago, it took longer than now. So everything is accelerated tremendously. Time is not linear. And what we're talking about today is also very multidimensional. Your experience is going to be multidimensional, but what Marion has mentioned is important that 
idea of grounding and embodiment and really slowing down wherever you are in your experience because otherwise you're going to burn your circuits <laughs> it's going to be too much too quick for your body too the spirit wants it all he wants to fly. He wants to be the phoenix and the dragon, right? I'm, I'm seeing more and more of my friends fritzing out and having these, what they call ascension symptoms, because they just, it's too fast, maybe too. Yeah. Spiritual psychosis too. That's a whole thing. It can get as far as fast as you go up, you can go hit hard just as go down as just as fast. It's important that you do take care of your body. You take care of yourself and you do reach out to some of us forerunners and it doesn't have to take that long. It was pretty weird for me at times. I went through some heavy stuff around it, but you know, and I managed to find my way and, and really connect to, to people like you and various close friends of mine. Now it's it really helped. That connecting the community is so freaking important. You need to know that other people are, have so been there. It's like having that community, having that assistance and knowing that you're not alone on this journey. At times it can be really uncomfortable, but at times it can be really beautiful. If you can get really high on that energy too, you just have to be able to realize, okay, I'm gonna have to come down from that. How can I come down from that in a really grounded way? So I had to teach myself how to be able to take those energies in a more even and balanced way. Of course I wanted it all. I wanted it like that kid eating all the candy, but I did fry some, I've been there. This journey is uh, humbling and yeah, the experience of, of pacing yourself is, something we we want to support anyone who is on this journey just knowing that you have people like myself and marion to reach out to wherever you are and if you're resonating and you're like i want to expand more you don't have to do it on your own there's someone who is actually has the expertise of how to tune your body and tune your sacred geometry that's what marion and i do marion does with biofield tuning we also do crystalline soul healing which is another modality where you tune the template, your soul template to support the expansion. It's like a divine instrument. If you're not tuned properly, these energies just bounce off. Why I got into some of these modalities because I was experiencing this. I've definitely had some things bounce off my body and create some very interesting geometries that in my body that didn't harmonized with my body and ended up creating some health problems. I learned from those experiences. I'm really grateful for the fact that I have found the modalities that I have that I've been able to use and create my own through the use of light language and through my connections, my galactic origins and connections into the uh, medical stuff that happens galactically is pretty far advanced. And so being able to pull that into this reality and work with those energies and you can find a lot of us that do that. I think it's opening up that gateway and teaching people how they have that within themselves and you can't heal yourself, but it's also nice to have someone else help facilitate the space and sometimes help you see the things that you can't see. It's been such a blessing to have you, Marin, in my life to be that mirror to support my expansion as well. I think we've been helping each other in expanding our perspectives. I feel the reflection in, in contemplation of what we're not able to see is, is, is so important and valid uh, on these journeys. I'm, I'm really honored and so grateful for everything we've accomplished together and excited for us to bring that into the world. Those who are tuning in, we have a free masterclass on February 1st through Source Language Institute, and we're gonna be offering a few of these master courses and a digital course for you to expand and connect and learn more. How, what does it mean to open up to your light language or what we like to also call source language because the languages are just 
frequencies that coming in through various vehicles. So it's not just the light, it can be the sound, it can be like Mary mentioned, many other things. I do feel this is the future of communication. I think we really get into that place in our society where it's becoming more normalized. I see it on TikTok, which is beautiful. The younger generation has less barriers and opening up to it. Everyone is starting to catch up and as facilitating that on Clubhouse for all these years and connecting with others. I feel being that sandbox with the community has been beautiful experience. It's just knowing that you're not alone on this path and is super valid. It makes it easier on so many levels. I find that for me, light language comes without distortion because a lot of times things can get lost in translation when it comes mm -hmm. to speaking and using English words. So it's this way of being able to express yourself in ways, because I don't know exactly what it is I'm saying. I can just feel what it is. And that's, that's beginning in that telepathic um, connection. Mm -hmm. And as I have been into a lot of telepathic communication, I can tell you, we are definitely not as a whole prepared for that. It is definitely uncomfortable. I will tell you my experiences in telepathy have been, it's very different and interesting. Light language helps you ease into that pathway, that whole nonverbal communication thing. I am so sensitive to it that light language has really helped me to move into that nonverbal in a really beautiful way. Light language, nonverbal communication and expression through sound and expression through even body movement. This is the way, this is the, the future. They always tell people, my forks don't lie. Sound doesn't lie. <laughs> Can't hide from that. Forks don't lie. We're moving into a more authentic expression and mm -hmm. we're we are losing the distortion and the spells that can be casted by the, by the language languages that we speak. When we come from that heart space, it is genuine. And we are helping create a really beautiful energy here. I'm so excited, even for the next hundred years, what this is all going to look like. Even 10 years from now, it's going to be different. I totally see in 10 years, the, the exponential growth yeah. of people connecting to light language, source language is definitely going to be much more than we can envision. I think it's going to be like yoga. It's like yoga 30 years ago. It's not mainstream at all. Today, light language, source language is still weird for some people. And they're like, what is this? I think over time, it'll get normalized, at least in more spiritual circles, and it will be more incorporated in different modalities because of its power, because of what it can do. I love using it in the Kundalini activation classes that I've been doing. It just moves energy in such a beautiful way, such incredible openings for people. And it's just so interchangeable with any energy work you do. The expression, the opening of the throat, I think is where the society is going. Like you said, authenticity, right? Like finally able to connect and speak your truth is what we're ready for. The age of Aquarius that we just stepped into with the Pluto coming in, the time is now. To help move energy, by the way, is so, so I use it in my sessions as well with my biofield tuning. It actually happened to me just recently while having a procedure done and I was speaking while I was under. It opened up this whole other beautiful energy for the people that were working on me. This is a real procedure, not my dream procedure. What it does is it causes people to get out of themselves for just a hot second, out of that ego space and really into that heart space and going, what's happening here? And just for that one second where they switch out of that, so much beauty can happen within that one fraction. Everybody deserves that, to have that feeling. We are so blessed to 
be able to have this, have, have that gift. All, every single person does. Every single person has it within them. Just exercise that muscle, but that using the language to move the energy, to open yourself up, to really get yourself out of that ego and into the soul and see from the soul's perspective, the human and the ego. It's just this beautiful 360 degree thing. Light language changed my life. It saved my life. I'm excited to share more on that with whoever decides to join our masterclass in our course as well. So check us out, webinar.sourcelanguage.org. You can sign up for the February 1st. Follow us on Instagram for more updates on what we're up to. Follow us on sourcelanguage.institute Instagram and sourcelanguage.org, our website, to learn more about how to unlock your soul's language and connect deeper to your soul origins. Hope this was enlightened for you wherever you're on your journey and really enjoyed this conversation Marianne thank you so much sister and may you all have a blessed beautiful rest of the day and week until next episode thank you for joining us on the soul communication podcast I'm Diana Mara Divan and until next time keep connecting with your soul